Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit promised in Joel 2.28, and we equip for the outpouring so that we may engage in the outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to our podcast today. Philip and I are going to talk about something really fun today. When down is up and up is down, unraveling deception. Welcome to the podcast. As I was waking up this morning, I was asking the Lord, what do you want to do for the podcast today? What's on your heart, Lord? And I drifted off to sleep again. Oh, <laughs> don't you just hate that? You're that trying happens. to wait on the Lord. and oh, you go. Well, thankfully, the Lord gave me a quick little dream that gave me the message. And in my little dream... I, Philip and I were someplace and somewhere in the world, and our dear friend Shirley Smith that was on the podcast with us a couple of weeks ago, she was there with us, and we were supposed to meet on this busy street with this other person. And Philip and I were there, and the other gal came, and for some reason, Miss Shirley had been delayed, and then we had to leave, and the other girl stayed, and then I guess she had to leave and Miss, Miss Shirley got there and eventually Shirley and the, this other gal met together. And then when Shirley and we got together again, she explained to me what the gal said, you know, as, as to why they hadn't been able to connect. So the gal says, Miss Shirley, the ceiling is supposed to be, and she pointed up, and the floor is supposed to be, and she pointed down. But sometimes the floor is, and she pointed up, and the ceiling is, and her finger went down. And in, in, the, <laughs> in the dream, Shirley was just smiling and, and relaying it to me in the accent that the lady used. And I woke up from that, and, and, and I realized sometimes things are up that are supposed to be down, and things are down that are supposed to be up. And we have this confusion in our culture, and really just in our flesh. It's a flesh thing that, that is often caused by culture and caused by <laughs> misunderstandings of things. But, but what God says is up is what's up. And what God says is down is what's really down. You know, people mm -hmm. that go outside of their body, you know, they have one of these um, death experiences. I'm not talking about people that are, that are astral projecting. It's a totally different thing. But people that, that have had these death experiences, they come outside of their body and they realize that they're really real now, that mm -hmm. what, what they were experiencing before in their body was something of a lower grade of reality. Wow. And then you, you get into the spirit realm, and that's the real reality. Mm -hmm. You've heard those stories. Yes. Uh huh. So things are, are not as they seem to us in the flesh realm, in the physical realm. I mean... I'm not saying that your experiences in the physical realm are not real. They, of course they are. Your emotions are real. Of course they are. But the reality, the, the actuality of things are according to God's original purpose and his original creation. The reality was what Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden before they sinned. 
Yes. Uh-huh. That was reality. They were they were there as living light beings. There, we we talked about this on a previous podcast. But they, uh, according to what Bruce Allen was seeing in the spirit, they they were clothed in glory. We, you can see mm. that in the scripture. That all of a sudden, after they had eaten the forbidden fruit. The way I see it is is that that their spirit man, which was on the outside at that point, until they ate it, took a dive inside and left the soul and the 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 physical body on the outside, and you know it's like it's like the spirit man died. Mm. It's still there, oh. but he but he's 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 not in control. No, he's 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 just knocked out of the process. Yeah. But when the spirit man is restored to God. That's when we begin to really live life. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. It's that abundant life that comes when the Holy Spirit is knit and married with our spirit. And that's where we begin to walk in the reality of relationship with God. And in that reality of relationship, he begins to set things right. He begins to to turn things that are... that we've perceived to be right side up that mm-hmm. are really upside down he turns them right side up so isaiah 5:20 talks about woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter mm. um you know woe it's not like whoa. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's it's a it's, it's a bad thing that's coming on you if you are going to live your life thinking that good is evil and evil is good, mm. and thinking wow. that darkness is light and light is darkness. It's 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 like it's like living your life in the mirror. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you've got your hair parted on the left side and if you look in the mirror the person in the mirror has their hair parted on the right side (laughs) yeah Uh, you know there's something there's something just not right about it especially these days you know you're making a a a little video and you Mm -hmm. use the you use the camera on the one side Uh and you 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 flip it and and you think it's okay but all the writing on on your shirt just backwards backwards. (laughs) (laughs) or the writing on the sign behind you is backwards everything's backwards and that's how we we have this perception of reality that isn't really reality. Mm-hmm. So what did Jesus say in Matthew 5 about the perception of reality that that his listeners on the when he was giving the sermon on the mount his listeners had been taught all of these things by the rabbis and the scholars and and a lot of what they were taught really wasn't what God said in the first place. What does it say in the Passion Translation for Matthew five twenty one and 22, Philip? You're familiar with the commandment that the older generation was taught. Do not murder or you will be judged. But I'm telling you, if you hold anger in your heart toward a fellow believer, you are subject to judgment. And whoever demeans and insults a fellow believer is answerable to the congregation. And whoever calls down curses upon a fellow believer is in danger of being sent to a fiery hell. Wow. That really puts it, you know, perspective. Yeah. yeah. So what, like, here's here's what the rabbis taught you, but here's what God says about it. What mm-hmm. was the first thing? 
Do not murder or you will be judged. Right. But Jesus is saying... But I'm telling you, if you hold anger in your heart toward a fellow believer, you are subject to judgment, which is... Yeah, it's probably more than just a fellow believer. I think yeah. in, in other translations it says your brother. Okay. But the idea here is that you can actually murder somebody in your mind, in mm -hmm. your anger. Yeah. And God is saying that that's what you've done. You haven't taken the knife and stabbed the person, but you, you did so in your yeah, thoughts. Yeah, you haven't done physically, but you have mentally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, and so go on to the next part. What does the next part say? So then, if you are presenting a gift before the altar in the temple, and suddenly you remember a quarrel you have with a fellow believer, leave your gift there in front of the altar and go at once to apologize with the one who is offended. Then after you have reconciled, come to the altar and present your gift. It is always better to come to terms with the one who wants to sue you before you go to trial, or you may be found guilty by the judge, and he will hand you over to the officers who will throw you into prison. Believe me, you won't get out of prison until you have paid the full amount. So what does it say in verses 27 and 28? Your ancestors have been taught, never commit adultery. However, I say to you, if you look with lust in your eyes at the body of a woman who is not your wife, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So God is looking at our hearts, mm -hmm. not only just our actions. Because really, when it comes right down to it, what you think, what you meditate on, eventually becomes your words. Mm -hmm. And what your words that you keep saying, they, those will eventually become actions, and what your actions are eventually become your character. And it can come out in a weak moment. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're allowing yourself to think those kinds of thoughts, you're already committing adultery. Mm -hmm. Even though you might not ever do it, but God counts those things. Yeah. That's how he looks at things. The, the whole idea of the law is how you should behave when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said that on those two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The whole book of the Torah and, and the writings, the, the prophets, all, all of this is summed up in those two weighty commandments about oh. loving God. Yeah. But loving God isn't something that we have to do by command. It's something that we do out of pleasure. It's something that we do. Yeah. Being rightly related with him is all that we're meant to be. Like if a guy and a girl get together and there's this attraction there, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, what's the guy going to do? I mean, he's just thinking, what do you call it? Uh, gets all moony-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so send flowers chocolate, you know, yeah. cards, notes, phone calls, and and the attention is fully on the person that is being pursued. Right. But what happens when, okay, you have the wedding day, get married, da, 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 and then down the road a little bit, all of a sudden, you already have this beautiful person now that's your wife, but maybe your mind is going to other things now. Yeah. There's, um, you're not pursuing anymore. You're not pursuing anymore because you already have. So once you get something, you look at something on eBay or something, I really want that, you know. And so you get it, 
but then you're not really satisfied. You want to get another one like it or, mm-hmm. or something <laughs> like this, you know. <laughs> you keep wanting more. You keep wanting more. You're never, you know, in the soulish nature, you're never fully satisfied. And, and the- because, because we're made to worship. Exactly. That's what God has put in our being. You're made to worship. And I remember hearing uh, it was Sadhu Selvarez saying, you know, so in the East, Eastern, you know, half of the world, people worship idols and ancestry and all that. Here in the Western culture, we worship ourselves. Ooh. I thought, oh, or we worship our cars. Mm. You know, that's... that's but but you, you probably worship your car because of the prestige that it gives you. Yeah, that's true. So it's part of worshiping of yourself. Or, or you may worship your, uh, your sports game. Mm-hmm. It's like you are what you worship. You right. are what you eat. You are what you worship. It's true. Yeah. It's true. But God is wanting to unravel the deception yes. so that we get what's supposed to be up, up, and what's supposed to be down, down. It's like going to an eye doctor when you need new glasses. He gets everything back in focus again. Yes. It's like, wow, I can see so much better. <laughs> but you are so easily getting off you know, your eyes going bad or getting off the straight and narrow pathway, yeah, you didn't realize how far off you were mm-hmm. until you were corrected. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember the first time I got glasses. I was probably second grade. Walking out of the eye doctor's office and discovering that I could see the leaves of the trees half a block away. Or I could see the cracks in the brick of the house across the street. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) things that I couldn't see before. Now I could see clearly. And and when you can't see clearly and you think it's normal, then you don't really know what you're supposed to be able to see until you can see it. Yeah. That's revelation. Mm Mm-hmm. Getting the new glasses is revelation. Get, getting new, the new glasses uh, in spiritually unravels the deception. Or getting a download mm-hmm. from the Lord. You know, yeah. it's, it's revelation. Revelation. And re- revelation will revolutionize your thinking. Now, what, what happens when you have, have a king who had all this revelation written so many of the oh. Psalms? I mean, you can go through the Psalms and you look at King David, you know, and all the experiences he had— and how he repents through them and, you know, woe is me, you know, they're after me, da-da-da. But at the end, he's lifting the Lord up, you will deliver me, and da-da-da. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that so much yeah, in the Psalms of Yeah, you can see the David. revelation that he got as he went along. So, But here's a, here's a man anointed. He came up worshiping God with his harp. You know, the sheep were his audience, that and the Lord. You know, and, and that's, what, that's just what he did. And he had this relationship with the Lord, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, when he when he finally got free from being pursued by Saul, you know, he he was anointed king, he killed Goliath and and all these things, became the king's son-in-law and the king starts being crazy. Of course he was crazy already um with his well, we won't go there. Um <laughs> anyway, David gets free from being pursued by Saul and becomes the king. They bring him they bring him to Hebron, Judah makes him king, then the rest of Israel makes him king after being at war for a while with Saul's household. And when everything is going good, his enemies are being dealt with. But there was a time when kings are supposed to go to war, and David stayed home. It's probably in the spring before it got too hot. Yeah, spring is the perfect time for war. Yeah. Because 
the the weather's not cold and rainy like it is in the winter and it's not too hot yet and so let's let's take care of the the trouble <laughs> yeah so king david sends joab and the army off to go deal with the enemy and i i kind of think that it may have been something like what nebuchadnezzar did when he was he was warned nebuchadnezzar was warned about his pride mhm and one day he was just adulating himself. Look at what I've done. Look how wonderful. Look at this beautiful place that I've built. And it's all about me. All about me. Mm-hmm. And you're right about about uh, our culture is all about me. It's all and, about and me. That's our problem. Yeah. That's our number one problem. All about me. So Nebuchadnezzar had that experience where, you know, he's. He's adulating himself and adulating all the wonderful things he's done, and boom. This kingdom was taken from him for seven years. Right, and yeah. he wandered around on all fours eating grass like an animal, and his his hair grew long and his fingernails grew like claws. And... You, you can read about this in the book of Daniel. Yes. So I'm thinking maybe the same kind of thing might have been happening to David where he goes out on his rooftop and, man, just look at this. I'm finally successful. Finally. I'm not being pursued by Saul. Finally, you know, all's going well. And look at how great this is. I am doing great. And I'm just thinking maybe his head was swelling a little bit and his his crown maybe was getting too tight on his head. <laughs> and so he couldn't think clearly. Because of the pride. And and he's looking all around where the city of David was situated. There are mountains round about you. And and so he's looking up at the Mount of Olives. He's looking up at, at uh, what became known as the Temple Mount. He's looking up, looking up. Look at all this stuff around me that this is great. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the, the Lord, Lord is, is all about his, his people, people, you know? Yes. And then he looks down. And just below him is, you know, the next little house, and there is Bathsheba taking a bath. And and didn't have the curtain closed. <laughs> no, she didn't have a shower curtain. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it makes me wonder if, you know, by this time, David had multiple wives. Yeah. So So maybe... why would he, why would there be an attraction here? Well... Why would there be an attraction? You're the man. You tell it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like um, it's a like a, it's an eye magnet. Yeah. You know, the way the way women dress, you know, or and, undress, or the way they undress, and the way many men would picture this. You know, you read people's uh, stories on this and that, or you hear comments. Mm-hmm. Says, well, if they um, if they dress like that, I guess they want want us to look at them. Mm-hmm. You know, but if a girl is caught with a guy looking at her, you know, you know, maybe the wrong way or something. Why are you looking at me like that? You know, says, well, how can I not look at you? Yeah, You're yeah. right in my field of vision. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and I I'm I'm actually amazed that girls. I've heard m- numerous girls make the comment that, um, well, I I should be able to wear things like that because it, it's the men's problem. They need to get over it. <laughs> but you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like on the farm. Yeah, yeah. You you look um, 
Okay, you can, for anybody who's been on a farm or anything, you know, you have the you have the cow, you have the bull. Yeah. Or a bunch of cows. Or a bunch of cows and maybe only one bull. Mm-hmm. And so the cow goes through its cycle. Yeah. And the bull knows when the cow goes into heat. And the bull is ready at any given time, you know, when the cow goes into heat that he's going to do what he's created to do. Right. And, and, and don't and get the, in his way. Right. <laughs> For sure. Don't get in his way. You know, the, the thing about the female being cyclic, mm-hmm. we are on a cycle. And there are only certain times when females are actually ready to produce. And at that time, the cow, the bull, is not really interested in the cow at all. Un- until, until, the, until, until the cycle. Yeah, he's it, she's he's just kind of taking care of her, you know. Yeah. So if the bull was on the same kind of cycle, right, to get those two cycles to meet. Right. You know, beef might be $20 a pound or more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Because because there would be fewer babies. Yeah. But for men, you know, being an eye magnet and being the male, they're wired, you know, at, you know as far as hormones and everything goes. They're just ready all the time, and it doesn't take much to trigger them. Mm-hmm. Anything, what they're looking at, you know, their, their hormones are going to get going. You know, if right. there's something there that is attractive to them. Right. So uh, that reminds me, I guess we just need to say that we we have read the books uh, for men only and for women only, uh, for women only by Shanti Feldhan and, and for men only by uh, Jeff, Shanti and Jeff, I guess, uh, Shanti and Jeff Feldhan, uh, tremendous books that help you understand how women think and how men think, but it's important for us to know how God thinks. Yeah. And, and if, I, if I can add a little yeah. plug plug on this book, I, I really highly recommend it because they, you know, they interview people of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. And they, how do you think? And they present situations to them mm-hmm. and how they answer. And it was, it's amazing. It's very eye-opening. It's very eye-opening. And, and it's like the, the man has like... Um, it's like a mental picture, mm-hmm. you know. They 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 called it back then. A, it was like a a mental Rolodex. And for those who don't know what a Rolodex is, that's the days when we had all little business cards on your desk, and you had a, they were like in a big roll. And if you're looking for somebody's phone number or an address, you roll the Rolodex, mm-hmm. and there's what you're looking for. And many and what they're showing is that the way men think, they have these pictures in their mind. And they can pull it up at any time. And uh, Carolyn Leaf talks about that on the, you know, who switched on my brain mm-hmm. in her book. What do you call that? The hippocampus. The, mm-hmm. That thought goes around, can go round and round, and all of a sudden something triggers it. And that thought is there and at the most inconvenient time. Right. And I remember once we were preaching in the southern hemisphere somewhere. <laughs> and in a church that was narrow. And I'm up there ministering. And all of a sudden, a lady gets up toward the middle in the back row. Obvious. It's right in my field of vision. Stands up and just pulls one of her breasts out and starts to nurse her baby. I mean, you can't miss it. You know, it's obvious right in front of my eyes. And you talk about a... um, Distraction. Distraction. You know, especially you're ministering the word. I mean, that's not... That's just... Unreal timing. <laughs> right. And so my job is to, you know, shift my eyeballs. I look the other way, you know, 
and and I don't look that way until she's done and and sits down. But it's a choice, right? But if I wasn't ministering, would I look longer? Would you? Would you? Would you look longer? Better not. Because of the way way <laughs> 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 the song. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Right, right. The Father up above is looking down. Father from above is looking. Down is in love. Down in love. <laughs> yeah, be careful, little eyes, what you see. But if your mind is geared to looking at things all the time, that distraction is going to be hard to get away from. It's I mean, true. I mean, this is stuff that happens all the time, especially in today's culture. Yeah. We didn't have to deal with this when we were younger. Not anything like what's going on now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just uh, it just continues to get worse because the world is upside down mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Continuously getting more and more upside down. And the more you concentrate on that, the less of the presence of God you will have resting on you. Yes. Yes, it 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 leaks. It leaks out. <laughs> yeah. That. I think I think we're we're letting our soul re- nature uh leak out onto onto our spirit and it it defiles it. Yeah. It really then, defiles then, it. And this isn't stuff you're going to hear in the pulpit on Sunday. Not usually. Not usually, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but God wants to turn these things right side up. And mm-hmm. he wants to give us the ability to do that. I'm reminded of uh, Acts 17, where Paul and Silas had gone to Thessalonica after they'd been in Philippi. You know, they'd just been in, in jail in Philippi, had a tremendous miracle of release from jail with the with the earthquake because they were praising and worshiping. Yes. And then uh, they went on to Thessalonica. They spent three weeks in in the synagogues teaching about Jesus and, and how he was the, the son of God and, and raised from the dead and so on. And then these the guys from the synagogue that didn't believe became jealous and attacked him, and they were staying at the house of Jason. And then yeah. what happened? Yeah, that's in Acts chapter 17, verse 6. When they couldn't find them, and that is Paul and Silas, they took Jason instead, among with some of the brothers in his house church, and dragged them before the city council. Along the way, they screamed out, Those troublemakers who have turned the world upside down have come here to our city. And now Jason and these men have welcomed them as guests. They're traitors to Caesar, teaching that there is another king named Jesus. Their angry shouts stirred up the crowds and troubled the city and all its officials. So when Paul and Silas came before the leaders of the city, they refused to let them go until Jason and his men posted bail. The point is that these were the men that turned the world upside down. And, and it turned their world upside down because their world was upside down to begin with. Yeah. Paul and Silas were bringing the reality of the Lord God Most High. So they were turning the world right side up because they were aligning it with the Word of God. They're bringing the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did to set things right side up. Only mm-hmm. the perception was that they were turning things upside down because their world was upside down. And that's what we see a lot of the time. We're seeing that all the time, in fact. It's kind of similar to what's in Isaiah 29, starting with verse 13. I'm going to read from the Passion that says, This is what the Lord says about these people. They come near to me with hollow words and honor me superficially with their lips, all the while their hearts run far away from me. Their worship is nothing more than man-made rules. Hmm. That's what religion does. Religion gives us man-made rules And we're busy with our heads keeping rules that were meant to be something that we do in love from the heart. 
That's mm-hmm. turning it right side up is yes, when we're doing it good. with in love from the heart. And then verse 14 says, so therefore, I will again jolt this people awake with astonishing wonders upon wonders, and the wisdom of their wise ones will fail, and the intelligent know-it-alls will have no explanations. <laughs> Woe to you who think you can hide your plan from the Lord. Ha! Do you actually think your hidden schemes are so hidden that you can say, who sees us doing this? No one knows what we're doing. Verse 16. Oh, how great is your perversion. Uh, the King James there says, um, your turning of things upside down. You're, you've, you've got things upside down, you guys. Yeah. Oh, how great is your perversion. Who is more intelligent, the potter or the clay? Should a created thing say to its creator, you didn't make me? Should a clay pot say to the potter, you don't understand? How many times do we say that to God? You don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Well, he does understand. Well, we were in an Ephesus, which was in Turkey, when we're looking at all the idolatry. But when you walk down the streets of Ephesus and, and what they did, they've, you know, when the Turks came in, they destroyed anything that looked like idols or anything like that. But for the tourist's sake now, they've, everything is all set up. But I was astounded. Everywhere you walked was idolatry. Mm-hmm. Great is Diana of the Ephesians. Mm-hmm. And it gave me a much better picture of what that was really like, because the whole city was given over to idolatry. Sure was. And it was obvious wherever you went, you know, you just saw this this image everywhere. It's like it's implanted mm-hmm. in your brain. And once you've been raised in that culture, to, to switch around, you know, to there is only one God and, and the Lord Jesus Christ is a total reprogramming of your brain. Which is what we have to do anyway. Which comes through the heart. Right. So we've been challenged by the Lord through the Apostle Paul in Romans 12. He says, and I'm reading from the Amplified, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves What is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you? I'm going to read verse 3, too. For by the grace, unmerited favor of God given to me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate and think of himself more highly than he ought, not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance. That's what lets us get tempted into things that we shouldn't be when it's all about me. But to rate his ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of his faith apportioned by God to him. So how do we renew our minds? In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, this is Apostle Paul talking to the church at Philippi. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And I'll read verse 9. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. 
So if we want the God of peace to be with us, yes, these are some guidelines. And I have written here in my Bible, this is the key to a renewed mind. Yes. Because if you can walk in all this in today's culture mm -hmm. and where the devil is throwing everything at you to try to trip you, mm -hmm. I mean, at the worst times. It's true. Know, at, the, at your weakest times. Right. But, yeah. but, but God is at, at work in us to unravel the deception. To yes. unravel the things that don't belong in our minds. He wants to undo all of these things that don't belong there. And I remember hearing somebody, I don't remember who it was, but I remember hearing someone say that when a thought comes into your mind, you have 12 seconds to throw it out so that it doesn't become part of you. Part of your spiritual, Yeah, the, part of your physical Rolodex. <laughs> yeah, so you, you can put it out, you can throw it out. Throw it out. One of the things that I've noticed lately myself is as I've been I've been purposing in my heart to walk with the Lord to walk in his presence to walk with him in intimacy to to keep my spirit connected with his spirit practicing his presence when these thoughts come into my head that don't belong there whether it's you know accusing me of being stupid or accusing someone else of doing something or accusing 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 or a, you know just a wrong thought negative thought or a or a, an evil thought or you know or i hear something or i see something that doesn't belong there i find myself praying in tongues and that's the holy mm. spirit interceding through me helping me to to throw it out before 12 seconds that's good yeah you know cuz uh -huh. cuz in in your brain is that hippocampus thing it's like a track that goes around and around and around in your brain and while you're mulling over something you're making a decision about what are you what what are you going to think about this? What making a decision about that thought, mm -hmm. and then after you've made that decision, it becomes a memory that yeah. gets stored in your brain. But you can throw that thought out before it becomes a memory, and that's what we have to do. You know, whether whether it's a a man looking at a woman or whether it's some other kind of a thing. We we have to renew our minds. If it's not lovely, if it's not, what's the list again? Throw it out if it's not. Yeah, if it's, if it's not true, if it's not honest, if it's not just, if it's not pure, if it's not lovely, if it's not good report. Yeah, if there's know, no virtue in it. No virtue in it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. I remember Sister Gwen, our founder, saying in one of her messages, if your computer's sending you to hell, throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, throw out the pornography. Throw out the magazines. Burn them. Burn yeah. them. Mm -hmm. And burn them in such a way that you're not going to see the pictures. <laughs> if, you're, if, if it's in your computer, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. And then work on clearing your thoughts because mm -hmm. it is possible. Don't give up. Don't give yeah. up. Don't give up. Just keep putting in the right thing. And it will. If when, you keep, when you keep putting in light, uh -huh. it'll make the darkness go away. And we overcome. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That's that was right. The, that was the next thing I was going to say, too, was, you know, is keeping... Keeping your mind, keeping your thoughts under the blood of Jesus Christ. That's right. Always remembering the price that he paid for you. That's right. Yeah, we, we take communion every morning mm -hmm. ourselves, you know, as, you know as, as a reminder. Yes. You know, communion isn't something you just take at church once a month or something, or maybe once a week or two weeks. You can take that on a daily basis. But don't just do it as... Not a ritual. As a ritual. 
really think about what you're doing. We pray a different prayer every every day over it. Yeah, it's a heart. It's a heart matter. Yeah. So we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, and we wash our minds with the water of the word, mm-hmm. and that causes us to uh, become victorious in overcoming these things and unraveling the deception that's in ourselves. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to unravel that deception that's that's been put in our brains by whatever's around us and our upbringing and all of those things, when we get that that rewired, as it's being rewired, we're getting brighter and brighter and brighter in our countenance. We're getting brighter in our outlook on life. We're getting more peace. We're getting more joy. Everything Mm. gets transformed. Yes. And that transforms the surroundings in our own atmosphere. Our own personal atmosphere begins to affect the atmosphere of others. Mm -hmm. And the more we are intimate with the Lord, the bigger our atmospheric sphere goes and it begins to change all kinds of things around us and that's how our nation can be changed Mm -hmm. that's how the world will be changed as we are allowing the holy spirit to to be poured out in us and Mm -hmm. transform us equipping us to participate in the transformation yes you have to get in the right facebook oh yeah you know, you have to get into the get your face in get the your book. face in the face of God, yes, in His presence and in His book. That's right, and that will equip us for the global outpouring. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.